Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood. Welcome to Luke 21. Thank you for joining us as we explain and study biblical prophecy. We're in St. Paul's Epistle to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, and what we're going to do in this episode is investigate the concept of tribulation in Thessalonians. In case you're not aware, one of the big debates in the study of Thessalonians, and in fact, it's a big debate in biblical prophecy, will Christians go through what is called the Great Tribulation Or will somehow they be taken off the scene in the rapture and not go through the Great Tribulation? And rather than deal with that problem specifically, which we will do as we get to chapter 4, today what I'd like to do is look at the context of the concept of tribulation in the book of Thessalonians. What we want to do when we're studying a particular verse of the Bible is look at its context. There's a little saying that says something like a text or verse, a text without a context is a pretext. In other words, you can make it basically mean anything. And the usual approach to trying to teach the rapture theory will Christians will not go through the tribulation, is what I call a a kamikaze approach to 1 Thessalonians. It's kind of like coming, zeroing in on one verse, verse 17 in chapter 4. And that's, that's not the way to understand any part of the Bible. At minimum, when you look at a verse of Scripture, what you want to do is also look at the wider context, specifically at least the paragraph it's found in. I'm just going to give you a taste when we're going to get to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. As I mentioned, verse 17 of chapter 4 is the rapture verse. What does that mean? Well, a lot of people would like you to just focus on this Take our presupposition and apply it to this verse. Just look at this verse. Don't look at what comes before. Don't look what comes after. But if you just back up a couple of verses to chapter 4 and verse 15, it talks about the coming of the Lord in the context of speaking of the rapture, being caught up. What does that word coming mean? If you simply determine what that word means, then you understand what verse 17 means but you take away the context and you lose the meaning. So the big question, will Christians go through the Great Tribulation or, in fact, any significant tribulation? I have a book here. It's by Dr. Tim LaHaye entitled No Fear of the Storm, but particularly the subtitle, Why Christians Will Escape All the Tribulation. Now, it's a very... um, attractive notion, because who likes tribulation? But what I want to do today is take the concept of context to an even wider degree. In other words, is there a life setting? Is there a situation in the church at Thessalonica when Paul wrote to them that would give a hint whether or not Christians would experience significant tribulation? And as we began our study together, I urge you 
to use the same Bible that I'm using, and that's the Revised Standard Version, the Catholic Edition, or if you're an evangelical watching and don't want to get a Catholic edition of the Bible, get an ESV, English Standard Version, which is a revision of the Revised Standard Version. That'll confuse you. And we're going to do word study because a lot of times when you read a translation, you're missing certain connections that are obvious as the day is long. Now, there's a word in Greek for tribulation. And that word is slipsis in Greek. And when Jesus says, for instance, in Matthew chapter 24 and 21, when he says, then there will be great tribulation, such has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. So that word tribulation that Jesus uses in Matthew 24, and again, today we're waiting on investigating the concept of the Great Tribulation. But we want to see, is there a context going on in the life situation in the Church of Thessalonica that would give us a hint that, yeah, Christians are inclined to experience lots of tribulation until the second coming of Christ? It's the wider context. So, In Thessalonians, for instance, the Revised Standard Version, it uses the word affliction. And affliction is simply a synonym for tribulation. And every time the Greek word tribulation is mentioned in Thessalonians, it's translated affliction. And that word just, it's kind of like a pressure. It's a squeeze on somebody suffering in some way. Now, I'm going to read you a list of verses in which the Greek word for tribulation, the same word that Jesus is using in Matthew 24, appears in 1 Thessalonians. And when you see this, you see there's a wider context for tribulation other than maybe a couple of verses here or there. Start with 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6. St. Paul writes, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit. And those two words, much affliction, is literally uh, much tribulation, can be translated the same way. The next verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3, and this is, I consider, a very important one, so that no one be moved by these afflictions or these tribulations. You yourselves know that this is to be our lot. Tribulation is to be the normal Christian experience. This is what St. Paul taught these young Christians before he was kicked out of Thessalonica. And you move on to the next verse in chapter 3. And this is chapter 3, verse 4. When we were with you, We told you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction or tribulation, and just as it has come to pass, as you know. So St. Paul, while he was in Thessalonica, it's probably a fairly short visit because of persecution and tribulation, he was driven out, and Paul had warned them, you're going to experience affliction or tribulation, and it did come to pass. 
So the context, and I'm talking about the life situation in which this epistle is written, is one involving tribulation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 7. For this reason, brethren, in all our distress and affliction or tribulation, we have been comforted about you through your faith. Part of the entire reason St. Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians, he was very concerned. He had to leave because of persecution. He was in Athens, sent Timothy back to see if they're okay. Timothy said they're doing well. They're standing strong in the midst of affliction and tribulation. And so Paul was writing to just express his thankfulness, his joy, and encouragement for them to continue in the midst of tribulation. And when you make a focus, entire focus of 1 Thessalonians, it's basically like you're not going to have problems. And if you live in the United States, like I do, I'm very grateful that we haven't had religious tribulation as such like these people were having. You might tend to think that this is a normal Christian life. Whereas St. Paul's saying, no, the normal Christian life is to involve suffering, persecution, affliction, and tribulation. Now, one of the things you're going to hear from those who advocate the rapture theory, and by the rapture theory, I'm talking about the dispensational approach to the rapture question, that the rapture can occur at any moment and the rapture will occur before the great tribulation. One of the things they'll tell you, be sure to do, don't compare First and Second Thessalonians. They're not talking about the same thing. And, okay, um, we're going to deal with that. To me, that's ludicrous. But in any case, the same life situation is there in First and Second Thessalonians. So let's turn to Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 4. Therefore, we ourselves boast of you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and and in the afflictions, or translated, tribulations, which you are enduring. It's the exact same life situation in both First and Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians 1.6, Since indeed God deems it just to repay with affliction or tribulation those who afflict you. And then, finally, Second Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7, and to grant rest with us to you who are afflicted, to you who are undergoing tribulation, when the Lord Jesus Christ is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. This is pretty pretty important. The Lord Jesus Christ coming in flaming fire is describing the second coming. When will tribulation end for the Christian at the second coming when he comes in flaming fire. Now, if you went like, say, a uh, an American missionary all excited about the idea that the rapture is going to pull you out of uh, the great tribulation and maybe even significant tribulation, whatever, but if you tried to tell the Christians in that first century church that they would not experience tribulation, quite frankly, they would think you were just nuts <laughs> because 
you know, they're undergoing severe persecution. In fact, St. Paul on the way, he had the dream of a man of Macedonia. This is recorded in the book of Acts chapter 16. Come over here and help us. So St. Paul left and made his way. He stopped on his way in Philippi to making his way to Thessalonica. And what happened to him there? He had severe beatings with rods. He was thrown in jail and placed in stocks. So, I mean, there was tribulation before, during, and after, and then he's writing back, keep these guys, you know, in the faith, enduring tribulation. So, the great tribulation isn't something out of the blue, something different, something foreign, something totally off the charts. No, the great tribulation is the final intensification of the normal Christian life. And... The problem in America is our life situation, thanks to the blessings of God to most of our history, uh, has been void of this. And so our life situation is so different from the life situation of those receiving this epistle. This is why we want to investigate the context, the life context of a writing of Scripture so that we don't impose our notions on it. And you know what? And this isn't a prophecy. It's just my expectation. I think the decade ahead could lead to a different life situation here in America that would allow us to see these two epistles in a lot clearer context and thus recover its true meaning. I'm Steve Wood, your host. And remember, Luke 21, besides still being on audio, is available on YouTube. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.